Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have one thing for our main topic, and that is a castle interview. But before we do that, we have a couple of logistics to take care of. Yes, indeed. And just to let you guys know, this is the podcast for July 26th, 2022. So if you're finding this later, you'll know where we are in time. And we have a couple timely things that are particularly important to share. The most timely of which is our open house. What the heck is our open house all about, Chris, since people may not know? The open house is a place where we gather to have fun. It's a Zoom event. And it is this Friday from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And we just talk about random stuff, you know, possibly technology or not. You know, it's just a bunch of people get together and just have conversations with each other. Yeah, it's the weather. It's technology. Sometimes we reunite old friends. There are a few topics we don't hit on, but generally speaking, we have a lot of fun and just have a great time getting to know each other and talking to each other. Now, there is something a little different about this open house, and we did this because our last house got porn bombed. That wasn't any fun at all. So as a result, we are requiring registration this time around, and we hate to do it to you guys. But really, it's a simple process. We hate to do it to ourselves. We hate to do it to ourselves because it's more work for us, too. But all you need to do is fill out your name, your email address, and answer a simple question. And it's very simple, we promise. And then you will receive the registration information. Please don't delete it. Make sure you keep it in your inbox. That way, you'll have it and you can click the link to go to the open house. Because the registration information, I believe, is unique to each person. Yes, I believe that is correct. So you want to keep that information. And how do they register? Go to mysticaccess.com slash open house. Easy peasy. So again, as Chris said, it's on Friday. That's July 29th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's four hours. You don't have to stay all four hours. You can come for 15 minutes or come for two hours or come and stay and hang out. So it's up to you. And we will be hanging in there hosting it. It should be a fun time. The next thing we wanted to talk about are our two latest products, which is a tutorial on the Hable one and a tutorial on Delicious Eats direct to your door. Those are two products that we just released. And what we've done is we put them on sale from now until August 31st. Yep, they're in our special of the month sale. So we're putting them up now and we're leaving them up through August because... These are new things for us, and we're really proud of how they turned out. So let's talk about them briefly. Delicious Eats and More Direct to Your Door is what you might think it is. We have very significant information in there on Instacart, Shipped, Amazon Prime, or Prime Now, or Whole Foods. I think you actually go to Whole Foods in the menu to get there, but it's Amazon's delivery service that you can access. So we discuss that. We talk about DoorDash, Grubhub, and Uber Eats in detail, exhaustive detail. For those of you who are thinking, I can't use DoorDash on my iOS device worth crap right now, we show you how to do it on a PC. So you can check that out. We also show you how to do it on Android, if you happen to have an Android device. Yes, and the Android version of DoorDash, or the accessibility of it, is much nicer than 
the iOS version. Much, much nicer. Grubhub we also show on a PC. So there's quite a lot of a PC component too. So if you don't have a smartphone or you're not very good with your smartphone or whatever, then you'll have that aspect as well to learn from. We talk about mail delivery services. That's the first part of the course. So that's pretty cool because we talk about several things and demonstrate several things that we've not talked about in the past. There's a lot of really helpful information in there, we think, and it's six hours of material. <laughs> yes, it is six hours of material, but it packs a lot. It does. As with all of our stuff, there's no fluff and no filler. And the Hable one is all about the Hable one. So the Hable one is all about the Hable one. And it demonstrates both on iOS and Android as well. And we have it broken up into different sections. And if you've not heard of the Hable by now, you should. <laughs> At least I think you should. I mean, it's cool. It's a little keyboard that you can utilize. It's a Braille keyboard, so a Perkins-style keyboard that you can utilize to power your iOS and Android phones and tablets. Well, it's really not a Perkins-style keyboard. It's six It's keys. six keys, yes. <laughs> but you're correct. It's not Perkins-style because the keys are vertical. Right. So I just wanted to clarify that real quick. Anyway, Hable, really cool device. I am Hable, H-A-B-L-E dot com. We'll teach you more about it. And we have a free download that will also teach you more about it. We'll attempt to link to that for you pretty soon after the podcast comes out. Not exactly after the podcast comes out, but pretty soon. There's no way we're going to get to it today. But really cool courses. We think you'll like both of them if you're interested in what they cover, obviously. And you can get them on sale right now, which is awesome. Yeah, they're both products are about 15% off. Yeah. So we definitely encourage you to check them out while they are on sale. We received a question from a podcast listener a couple of days ago. We did. We thought it was an interesting question. It was. He's a new podcast listener, and he listened to our podcast on the issue at the front door. And his question was, besides doing a Ring doorbell and an Amazon AliExA, how do other people do that? He's looking for your feedback. Let's see if we can't get that answered for him. What he currently has is an Echo Dot outside on his porch. And... I suggested that he used a drop-in feature. So you could name your Echo Dot something like front porch, and then inside the house, you could say drop-in to the front porch, which would then open that two-way communication between the front porch and that Echo inside. So you would have a two-way communication between you and the person there. They don't have to touch anything or anything like that, but it's just there. The thing that would concern me about that specific setup is the weather. So you want to make sure that whatever you do, you would have some kind of covering for your device. And, well, first of all, make sure no one steals your device. Have the covering for the weather. So it'd have to be weatherproof, whatever you do. I wonder if they make something, or you could probably craft your own, but I wonder if they make something that you could kind of encase your device in. Right. Then you have to worry about power, too. So you have Absolutely, to get... and there lies the real issue, I think. Mm -hmm. You have to get power to your device. You could probably run something through your door or whatever, but it's just to see what you guys come up with. 
yeah, let us know your thoughts. If you have any, we would be very interested in hearing them. Last but not least, a quick reminder, we're on vacation starting next week. Yes. We're very excited. Yes, you will get a North Carolina podcast, we promise. Somewhere. Sometime. Somewhere. Yes. Whether it's the next podcast or the podcast after that, we haven't quite figured it out yet. We don't know yet, but you'll get one for sure. But we'll be gone starting August 3rd, so we probably really won't even be in touch on the 2nd. If you want to make sure you get us via phone, the 1st is probably your last day to do that, which is Monday, the Monday after we're recording this. So Monday, August 1st. By the 2nd, we're going to be in final frenzy mode to make sure all is ready for our guests, meaning my parents who will be bringing us back up to New York State, and we will be flying off on Wednesday. Yeah, so we're flying off, and they're bringing us back. Yep. So we so have a one-way cool. ticket. Mm-hmm. We do. So we're looking forward to it. We'll be back, like I said before, we don't have a definitive return date, but you will get your podcasts as usual. And when we're back, we will probably send out a newsletter and let you all know. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Welcome to another foray into the Mystic Access Magic Castle. We're always happy to come into the castle to interview people about things that are valuable to this community. And of course, reading is a valuable experience for so many of us. Invaluable, I would say, to many of us. And we're doing something a little different and shaking things up and talking about summer reads this time. Some people who come to our Magic Castle, I think because the castle is magical, you come here long enough. I think the furniture just kind of sets itself up all for you. So you can have your own, like, custom Magic Castle furniture. So I'm sure our guest today has her own by now. She can just pick out her own comfy furniture because it knows she's coming. And, you know, it's always a fun thing. Cassell Wilson is editorial director at National Braille Press. And we're always delighted to have Cassell come and talk about books with us and other materials that NBP is in the process of producing. And we decided to mix it up, as I said today, and talk about the summer picks. We always do holiday picks, but we're doing summer picks today. So, Cassell, great to have you as always. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And yes, as you said, I have been here many years in a row. It's fun. It's always fun. And of course, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience about our new products. And so today, yeah, we will focus on the products that are new to our summer picks catalog. And that includes, of course, a book that you guys have written, but we can go through and talk about the various selections within the technology sector, and then, of course, within the children's book sector, and we have some interesting boutique products as well. We can just go through each one and talk a little bit about them. Love it. Absolutely. Always fun to find out what you guys have in store for us, and those of you who haven't received your Summer Picks catalogs yet, or, you know, for whatever reason, haven't gotten around to reading them, Or if you haven't subscribed to those, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to learn more straight from the source about what is going on with NBP's summer publications. And as Chriselle said, all the nice boutique products that are newly available for you. So always fun. I'm sitting here actually right now looking at the table of contents for the newest cookbook. And it's definitely right up my alley because we've got things like garlicky spaghetti squash, boats, barbecue beans, scalloped potatoes, fajita rice casserole, cheesy broccoli penne, yum, quinoa bowls, all kinds of stuff in here. I might even be able to convince my spouse to eat some of this stuff. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Are you talking about the five-ingredient whole food plant-based cookbook? I am. Uh, yes, yes. 
That is our newest cookbook. People who have been buying our products for a few years would probably recognize that we've been on a little bit of a health kick. Well, we've been on two kicks with our cookbooks. One is all about ease and convenience. So, for instance, we had the sheet pan cooking cookbook, and that's all about just come home, throw a bunch of delicious things on a sheet pan, throw it in the oven. And it's really, you can come up with really a wide variety of completely different flavors and meals using that method. And then there's this method, which is five ingredients, whole food, and plant-based. So this has both the healthy factor as well as the convenience factor. So we're always trying to do really specific things with our cookbooks. There are a lot of cookbooks available from other sources. So when we take one of our publishing slots and devote it to a cookbook, we are being very careful to choose one that we think will have the widest appeal and that will fill an interesting niche that is hard to fill through other sources. And that's how we came up with this cookbook. One other interesting thing I'll say about this cookbook is this was a product where we invited our customer service team, which is Louis Barrios and Sean Mullally, to actually drive the product selection process. We said, you know, we're going to do a cookbook and we know that you're boots on the ground talking to customers day in, day out. would like to give you an opportunity to suggest some potential cookbooks for us to publish. And they put forward a few candidates and we did actually go with their selection, which was this one right here. I love it. I'm sitting here looking at these recipes going, yeah, this would be yummy. This would be yummy. I'm thinking that the convenience factor alone, because a lot of times we end up working 14-hour days, and by the end of it, I do not want to even think about it. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> then we could throw something together very quickly and easily. And yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. Blueberry maple crisp, yum. Peanut bliss balls. Yeah, all kinds of great stuff in here that I find really, really appealing. And as I said, I can even convince my hubby to eat his veggies. So what a great concept there. So we all win. I love that Lewis and Sean were part of this process and really drove the process of picking this one. How cool. It's a great story. So that is this time's cookbook that you guys can definitely check out. And it is five ingredient, whole food, plant-based cookbook. What are veggies? <laughs> and, Kim, <laughs> and Kim, let me say one more thing about this cookbook. We know that with inflation as it currently is, there are some people who've made the choice, the deliberate choice, to cut back on the amount of money they're spending on meat and shifting some of their diet towards more plants and vegetables. And so that's yet another reason why this particular cookbook sort of rose through the ranks and became the top candidate, because it has the healthy aspect, it has the aspect of being somewhat simple with just five ingredients, and then it also has the aspect of being beneficial to the pocketbook, all plant-based. Love it. Yeah, we've done quite a bit of that ourselves. It's like, hmm, wow, everything's so expensive. I remember probably a couple months at least where chicken was just non-existent. Can't even afford chicken right now. Can't even find chicken. It's not anywhere. So this is really helpful in that regard. And I think for us, we're kind of in the midst of a lifestyle change too, making sure we're eating healthier and exercising more and making that a huge priority. So this kind of thing is perfect for that. Thank you. And also, it sort of illustrates kind of part of how we work here at National Braille Press. 
regardless of whether it's a cookbook, a technology book, a children's book, a math and science book, no matter what it is, we make very deliberate decisions in choosing what books we produce or what books that we publish. We are a nonprofit. We can't publish every single book that we want to publish. We have obviously a limited number of slots that we can publish. And so we take a lot of time and care and effort to really make very careful choices. Now, I'm not saying every single book that we produce hits it out of the park, but they're not casual choices. We really think about the needs of our customers, the trends that we see you know, in society at large, and so on and so forth, and make books accordingly. Absolutely. I mean, even when we've thrown around ideas and discussed concepts for upcoming books, it's very much a process. Even when we sit down one-on-one or two-on-one with Chris involved, you know, it's always kind of a delicate process to say what's going to work, what will engage readers, what will have the most interest to readers and be most valuable to them. So I think I've experienced a bit of that firsthand in that process that MVP uses. Oh, you certainly have, right? Because we've done <laughs> we've done books together. And for every book, every book that we've done together, there's been the brainstorming process where we may discuss two or three other potential ideas that we mm-hmm. ultimately discard for one reason or the other. But, you know, this is a great segue into talking about your latest book that is featured in our summer catalog. It's the Computer Basics for the Newly Blind User, and that's an introduction to Windows-related assistive technology, which, by the way, is getting a really great response um, through our customers. And I will turn it back over to you to discuss, but just to give the listener an idea This is a book that I've sort of wanted to do for quite a while, and it's been in the back of my mind. But there's always the issue of who's the right person to write this book? Who can write this book in the right way, write it to exactly the reader that I have in mind at the right level? And who can sort of bring to fruition the idea in my head? Well, you guys were the perfect authors for this book. And you did an amazing job of sort of laying out the landscape of assistive technology for someone who either is newly blind and or doesn't know much about computers. So already blind, but not feeling very confident with technology or newly blind and not feeling comfortable with technology or not even knowing where to begin. Talk about this book and your sort of process of putting it together. This was a labor of love intensive process to put this book together. I'm very proud of it. In some ways, it's definitely one of my favorite books that we've produced just because it came from a pretty personal place for us. And I thought that Chris and I were such a good team to tackle these topics because he's someone who lost his sight in childhood. And I'm someone who has always been totally blind. So we had different perspectives coming to the book. I have a psychology background. There are all these pieces that kind of came into play that I thought, you know, I think we can do something really special here and certainly write in such a way where the reader knows that we're not talking down to you, we're not trying to overwhelm you with information, and we're somewhere in the middle. We're just trying to give you good, solid information to assist you in knowing what will work for you. And I think... I hope at least that we convey to the reader that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. There's any number of ways that you can move forward on this journey. And we're just going to provide an overview of just a subset of tools that are available to you that will make this process easier. And in such a way where it's friendly, where it's people who use the technology, that being us, 
and giving people a comfort level to know that you're not alone out there. Other people are doing this too. And here's a little bit about what you can expect. And here are some resources to help you on this journey. What do you think about this, Chris? Because the planning process for this was intense. Yeah. And I think for the most part, everything that we talked about, or almost everything that we talked about, we have had our physical hands on. Yes, definitely. So sometimes when you're newly blind and maybe you're not working, maybe you're retired, we talked about Dolphin Guide Connect because somebody who just wants to browse the internet, check emails, scan some mail, what have you, doesn't need to get into the whole full screen reader Windows access. So we took that into account. We also talked about large print and different types of keyboards, be it a large print keyboard, a braille keyboard, a braille with large prints (laughs) on it. You know, we just kind of went through all of that to make the reader understand that the stuff is out there. And some of the things, quite honestly, we didn't even know about until just before the book was sent to National Braille Press, the braille keyboards, for example. We didn't find out about those until March of 2022. Yeah, we went to CSUN and got to see them. So it was perfect. The timing was so perfect to make sure that that was something we could bring into the book and share with others and say, you know, this is a way that you can remain productive, continue to be productive, and, you know, potentially learn some Braille in the process. So we tried to be really practical about it while trying to be really thoughtful of where the person's headspace was, where they were emotionally in the process, because it's scary. There's so much out there to consider, and we kind of wanted to break it up in such a way where we focused on the physical resources that one needs, but also a bit on the emotional resources that one needs to assist with this process, and I think we achieved that. Yeah, you absolutely did. This book was so fun to edit and to read, and it's amazing the amount of content that is packed into one volume. It really blows (laughs) my mind, because it's true. You talk about, you know, you're not just talking about, this is not just a technology book. This is one of these books where there's the intersection between life and technology, human Mm -hmm. interest in technology. You know, because you start off by talking about like, you know, maybe you're newly blind and you're wondering like, okay, so like, what's next? Like, did I just lose like all my connection, you know, to people, places and things, you know, am I now going to be cut off and unconnected? And then you talk about sort of some of those first thoughts of like, oh my God, what's next, you know, or, you know, you talk about the skills that you have and how those will actually be you know, the skills you bring into this and how those can be advantages to help get you started. So actually, just for the listener's interest, let me read to you some of the headings in the beginning. It says, after the introduction, chapter one is where to begin. And some of the headings are, your current life skills support your success. Can I really be proficient without sight? Do I need a specialized computer? Should my computer be new? Help, I have absolutely no computer skills. Conquering the keyboard and so on and so forth. So it just really breaks all these basic things down, these questions that you might have right from day one of like, okay, how do I start? Like, how do I literally start? And then, of course, it goes into much more depth in the later chapters. It's a ton of content in one book. And she only gave us five days to write it, too. (laughs) She did not. not true it takes months to write a book it absolutely it does it absolutely does and the planning for this one was so intense that it was just like whoa so much to think about so much to do 
I cannot believe, though, you're right, I cannot believe we crammed all that into one volume. It was insane. It's like, wow, it actually all fit in there. What do you know? <laughs> it was crazy. I recommend that every single person read this book, even if you are tech-savvy, because it just gives such wonderful background information. But yeah, you're right. I mean, when we write a book, it's a month-long process. And it begins right with the brainstorming and then moves into developing a very, very detailed table of contents so that we're both on the same page in terms of what content will this book include. It's an intense process, but the outcome is what's really exciting. And this is by far one of your best books. So that's hard to say. You guys have done so many really amazing books. I'm really proud of this one. It's my favorite type of book to write because we can write technology books all day long and I enjoy writing technology books, but those that kind of bridge that gap between the technology and the emotional space or the thought processes or all those pieces, the human resources piece, you know that tugs at my heartstrings a lot. And that's also kind of how I got started writing for MVP in the first place with the dating books. So, you know, it kind of takes me back full circles like, oh, yay, I get to write a book with both pieces in there. So that's always fun for me. That was fun. That dating book was so cool. <laughs> oh my goodness. No one had done anything like that. You know, NBP was the first company to even try a book like that, you know, dating in the digital age, you know, so that was really, I think, quite innovative. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I always kind of like being out there on the cutting edge and trying new things and saying, can I actually write this book? <laughs> Is this going to work? Am I going to like fall on my face? But that's where you and I are such a good team, Cassell, in that you can talk me into things and I'll be like, well, okay, <laughs> let's see if we can make this work. <laughs> you can do it. I know you can do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of books that I'm sure were challenging to write... <laughs> Another person who never minds a challenge when it comes to writing a book, as is obvious through all the books she's written, is Judy Dixon and her newest book on all the things one needs to do to have all this great formatting and presentations when doing their own writing. So what can you tell us about that? Sure. So the new Dixon book that's in the summer catalog is called Designing Documents for Appearance. And the subtitle is Using a Screen Reader to Create Eye-Catching Newsletters, Flyers, Certificates, and More. So <laughs> this book is, yeah, Judy does not shy away from a challenge. This book was interesting because I think we sort of were on the phone for like an hour brainstorming different ideas. And we were tossing out sort of ideas that we've talked about many times that we've never really found a way to make work. And then by the end of the conversation, we stumble upon this idea of like, you know, your church is holding a bake sale and they ask for someone to volunteer to make the flyers, you know, and you want to be able to say yes. Or your neighborhood is having a yard sale and you want to be able to create the sort of eye-catching flyers or newsletters or whatever about that. So this is about designing visually appealing documents for work, play, school, or whatever. So this is also a one-volume book that has a tremendous amount of content in it. And to give you a rough idea, she talks about the importance of having a good-looking document and then how you go about creating that. So right from planning that document out, which would be thinking about the audience, thinking about how that document would be used, and then Thinking about some basic design considerations like white space and balance, focus, the directional flow of the design elements, contrast, consistency, color, right? So this is like 
design 101, right? Mm -hmm. So planning your document. And then actually after the document is planned, formatting it using different typefaces and fonts, using margins and text alignment, paper size, columns, tables, sections, headings, lines, border shading, using all these design elements to actually format that document. And then it moves into using styles, you know, so Word as a word processing program has styles that can be applied to every single text element. And then you can use those styles to create a visual appearance for each different text element and also to tag each text element with its role. So for instance, you know, a first level heading can be tagged as a heading one, so on and so forth. And then using styles to actually create templates so that you don't have to start from scratch every single time you're creating a similar document. Then she talks about using different graphics and visual elements like pictures and shapes and smart art and word art. And then she talks about putting it all together and will actually walk you through an example flyer, an example certificate, an example newsletter. And then how to actually assess that document to go back and check different things to make sure that everything is consistent and then how to share that document, either sharing it online, printing it, or sending it out to a printer. And then she also has a few appendices that include important keyboard shortcuts for Word, JAWS, and NVDA. So a tremendous amount of content in one volume. And I think that most readers would be pretty excited to get their hands on this book and realize that when the need arises to create a document, should feel confident to volunteer and say, yeah, okay, I got that. I can do that. Exactly. And I think sometimes it's easy to say, well, I'm blind. I'm not sure what it looks like. Don't take the easy way. No, actually learn some Design 101 techniques and learn to make these. It will increase your confidence tremendously knowing that you can do it and knowing that you can check your own work because there are ways to do it. So definitely a book I would recommend people check out because it's got a lot of really valuable information in there. I'm sure I could learn several things myself just from looking at that and learning about some of these extra pieces that one can put in to make their document shine. Very cool. Yes, and it's a very different book than the David Kingsbury book that we did a while back called Format Your Word Document. That was really for scholars and academics using AP style. So like that was a very different audience that went into a totally different depth, so written sort of for a different reader and a different use. This book that Judy has created is a sort of a book for every man, right? It's a book for anyone who just wants to learn the basics of using these design tools for Word to create a document that's visually appealing. Nice. Yes, I remember the David Kingsbury book with fondness. It was something that I really enjoyed reading. So if this is all new to you and you're thinking, I'm overwhelmed. This is what you want to check out because this is very much a casual and fun intro into a lot of this stuff. And Judy's books are always very accessible and usually very fun to read. So definitely something I think you'll learn a lot from. Yeah, and the Kingsbury book was so amazing and so detailed and so comprehensive. But this is another example of what we can do at MVP. We can take one topic and mm -hmm. produce a multi-volume, really in-depth book for a very specific sort of high-level use of that program. And then we can create another book 
on the same program, using it in a different everyday way, sort of just the basics. We can write books for various readers, various uses of the same product or program. Absolutely. That's why it's worth taking a dive into the catalog. If you're someone who hasn't looked through the MVP catalog lately, I would definitely encourage you to do so. If it's been a few years since you've checked out the site or you just want more information, then you always have the ability to do that and see what's new. Because sometimes you miss something and it might just be perfect for you or something that's on a different level than something you previously saw. If you were thinking, oh, I don't know, this book may be too much for me then just check things out every now and again and see if there's something that's more to your level or something that feels more casual or just on a different space to check out on a particular topic because there's always new stuff being cooked up at MDP. And so that reminds me that we've, well, I think the last time we talked, we may have talked about the Android book that you guys did, but this would be a great time to talk about it again because, you know, in terms of, Revisiting a topic and keeping your mind open to change. The Android book that you guys did, the Getting Started with Android for Android S 12, is a book that really, I think, could reintroduce people to the Android operating system. In other words, maybe in the past you've thought, I'm an iPhone person, iOS all the way. Now there have been so many advances made to Android and TalkBack that it's worth another look. So this book may be something that the curious reader or the Android curious person might want to look at with a fresh open mind because I believe that you could say that TalkBack is becoming a close competitor to voiceover. Talk about this book and talk about sort of how we can think about Android going forward. It is a continuously evolving operating system and in the best possible way, I feel. Every update now, something really cool appears to be happening. 12, you know, as things came out, there were a few cool things in 12. There was the privacy dashboard that came out in 12. There were a couple smaller things. A lot of the stuff that came out in 12 was thematic in nature. So I think they had some cool new themes, things that we didn't speak to terribly much just because they were quite visual in nature but they were there i'm sure we at least mentioned them somewhere in the course of the book that was the update for 12 and 13 is going to bring some amazing things as well so learning this now and learning what it can do and how much better it has become chris especially is the complete android convert and i think i would be too if there weren't certain apps that didn't have android equivalents equivalents certain apps that i use if they had android equivalents i think i would be an android convert myself completely because it is so cool you can do so much customization and if you're thinking I'm new. I don't want to have to customize. I don't want to touch it. You don't have to. That's the cool thing about it. But if you do, it's something you can do. So in that regard, it offers so much more than iOS in terms of being able to do things exactly your way. You can bling up your phone's software in such a way where it is completely 100% yours. Almost every aspect of everything can be changed. And that includes accessibility. 
I mean, in terms of this book, if we were giving ourselves, not awards necessarily, but little reminders of our books, this would definitely be the most intense book we've ever written for MDP, without a doubt. Because there is so much that you have to talk about, and so many different facets and settings and things. Just because, I think, like you said, Cassell, a lot of people aren't necessarily nearly as familiar with the Android operating system. And we wanted to show the many, many ways that it shines the many things that you need to consider before you make your purchase, or if you already have an Android device, what do you need to know about the current device that you have? What limitations does it have? Or what does it offer? So we spent a lot of time trying to talk about that, in addition to then getting into the meat of things in terms of the setup, learning about configuration, learning about what you can do with accessibility and talkback specifically. They're kind of two distinct areas. So you've got all the other stuff, and then you've got the myriad features and all the functionality that TalkBack provides and how you can change it up. So, I mean, there is so much that is important to share about Android and what it offers. Yeah, one thing about the book, though, that we didn't actually put in the book because it was done before, but I ended up getting a Galaxy 4 watch because I wanted to see, yes, just how usable is this coming from, let's say, an Apple watch going to an Android watch. And there are some things that I absolutely love about the Android watch. And the fact of the matter was that when I pulled it out of the box and connected it to the Samsung phone, it was honestly easier to set up than the Apple Watch was because it said, okay, you have accessibility on your phone. Would you like to turn it on in the watch? And you're like, yep. And all of a sudden the watch just comes up talking. The majority of the setup was done on the phone itself and not the watch. And the other important thing about Android for people who are kind of wondering is the basic gesture set is very similar. There are some definite changes, but if you can swipe and double tap, you've already got yourself at least a good quarter of the way home and probably halfway home in terms of learning what you need to do. So it's really something that I think a lot of people would enjoy if they just kind of open up and think about it and perhaps read this as a try-before-you-buy piece. I love that, try-before-you-buy. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And all, it seems like all the gestures are sort of, there are sort of standards that are settling in place and that you can see across platforms. Yes. So, so yeah, if you know the basic swipes and taps and flick, so on and so forth, you know, it's not so hard to move between operating system and operating system. No, that's very cool. It's very exciting. And, you know, then, of course, we have the Android Commands and Settings by Anna Garza, which is more of a reference book with primarily keystrokes, although she does some features more in depth, but that's a sort of a companion volume. It's available for readers, not highlighted in this catalog, but is available and is also updated for itself. Now, one thing I do want to say is one of the challenges of doing the technology books, or at least the ones that are really based on operating systems, is that now it seems that every single year, well, Apple has always updated the operating system. That's going to become the norm for Android as well, a yearly update. It makes it a challenge to keep these books up to date. But two things. One, I want to remind readers that just because the number of the operating system changes doesn't mean that it's a complete and drastic overhaul every time. There have been some jumps between operating systems that were vast overhauls. 
And then there are some where they just add a few keystrokes, right? So some are major, some are minor. And going from, you know, the iOS 15 reference card and the iOS 16 reference card, when iOS 16 comes out, it doesn't make your iOS 15 reference card null and void. What it usually means is that keystrokes have been, very rarely do keystrokes change, although sometimes. But I just say that because it's important for people to know that these products don't just become obsolete. The other thing is we are exploring, I will say that Tony and I have been talking about maybe putting out digital versions of our products as soon as the final manuscript is available. And then, of course, the Braille version will come out later. It takes a lot longer to produce Braille versions. Usually we have held back versions and all available. But I don't know if we're going to do that going forward because the production time has increased. So that means that if we can pivot to making electronic versions available as they are available, there will be a shorter wait time for people at the updated versions. Of so we've talked about a lot of technology books in the last little bit of this conversation. And, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but when I learn something new about technology, it makes me feel confident. And that puts a big smile on my face, or it maybe makes me want to dance around. And you're thinking, okay, Kim, what? Really? <laughs> well, there is a point to me talking about things like this. And that is, have you ever sent an email, listener? You've got all these emojis available to you. Or you've been maybe on your favorite social media client. And you're thinking, what do these actually look like? Like, I know what my screen reader is saying they are. If I want to put like a woman dancing or last year, of course, I was putting lots of brides and women in veils and rings and, you know, fun things like that in my social media. Have you ever wondered what some of these social media, particularly like the facial icons, the emojis are all about? Well, I'm kind of amazed that MVP now has this cool product where you can actually tactily find out exactly what they look like. You've got to tell us about this because this just is the most cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very innovative product. Again, I don't think there's anyone out there doing a book like this. We put out a book called Emoji Tactile Graphics, and the subtitle is Names, Meetings, and Tactile Graphics of 97 Face Emoji. So what we did is this. There's a website called Emojipedia, and that has the names, definitions, and meetings of all the emoji. They're sort of the official clearinghouse for emoji. And we focused on just the face emoji and just the Apple versions. And then we arranged them into sort of categories that made sense. So, for instance, I arranged them into 12 different categories. There's happy, excited, and content emoji, silly, zany, and playful emoji, love, affection, and adoration emoji, unamused, concerned, and skeptical emoji, Sad, disappointed, and anguished emoji. Anxious, afraid, and alarmed emoji. Angry, frustrated, and confounded emoji. Shocked, confused, and embarrassed emoji. Tired, bored, and weary emoji. Neutral emoji. Sick, unwell, and injured emoji. And miscellaneous emoji. So when you see those subcategories, you can get a sense that these emoji have very subtle expressions being indicated. You know, when you can group them into like unamused, concerned, and skeptical, right? I mean, these subcategories show you that of these faces, sometimes something as small as like the way one eyebrow is raised can indicate a totally different emotion or a different expression. So emotion are really, really shorthand for some complex feelings. 
And so we thought it would be interesting to try to make tactile graphics of these to pair with their names, definitions, and meanings. So someone can literally see, like, oh, what within this, within Silly Zany and Playful, for instance, you know, what are these and how do they relate to each other? And just to sort of see and feel the differences between these facial expressions. The book is set up as a series of spreads so that on the left-hand side of the page is the Braille with the names, definitions, and meanings. And then on the opposite page is the Thermoform page that has generally two, two to three tactile graphics. So they're set up as spreads. It's just a really interesting and innovative product. The tactile graphics were produced in-house by our, our own tactilists and also, the value is unbelievable. The price of it is obviously well below the cost to produce it, which is something that NBP can do. When you think about a book with 97 face emoji illustrated as tactile graphics, and then you realize that it's a, I think a $28 book, I'm looking it up. Yeah, $28. It's just an unbelievable value. Again, something that we can do here that others can't. Because we're a nonprofit, and through a lot of generous donations, support from different individuals, corporations and foundations, and then just people like yourself, like buying books at our bookstores. These are the ways that you can support us so that we can continue to make innovative products. If you guys aren't familiar or haven't read a book with the tactile graphic aspect, they are so cool. I think particularly for those of us who are totally blind and maybe don't necessarily have the same perspective on some of these things or Maybe we think we know exactly what one of these emojis would look like. And then we're like, oh, really? Okay, that's a little different than I anticipated because we aren't seeing people's facial expressions every day. So that piece of it could be extremely valuable to those of us who are curious about everything. And I definitely fall into that camp. I'm sure many of you do as well. This would be a really cool thing to add to your arsenal. Let me talk one more second about another way to support National Braille Press. Amazon has their Smile program, and you can sign up, and any proceeds or some proceeds, I'm not exactly sure how it works, can go to a charity of your choice. So if you're on the web and you go to smile.amazon.com, you just do your shopping the way that you normally would, and then some gifts go off to the charity of your choice, and that case would be National Braille Press. Fantastic. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was something that we thought about a while back. We haven't changed our Amazon Smile charities in a while. I think we will do this. That's what we did. You don't have to change anything that you're doing. It'll take you three minutes to set it up, and then you go on about your shopping experience and NBP benefits. Just another cool option available to listeners. But yeah, going it. back Thank to... You. Thank you. You're, you're so welcome. You have a couple of new interesting products in the catalog, and I want to get a definition from you to begin with for this. For those who don't know, you have a couple of these this time around in the Summer Picks catalog. What is a Spark Chart? Great question. So a Spark Chart, so this is, it's a product name. It's not a product that we, it's not an original MVP product. It's a product that you can find in bookstores, and we've found it, and we thought it was really interesting. We decided to produce it in Braille. But basically, it's like these little cheat sheets on different topics, these laminated cheat sheets. So, for instance, the spark charts that we're producing right now is a nutrition spark chart and a weights and measures spark chart. And you can get a spark chart on a whole bunch of different topics. So, let's say, for instance, let's say you were taking a calculus class. There's a calculus spark chart. 
And what that would have is like all the formulas that you need to memorize, all the sort of most important things for that course. And it's on a sheet, a two-sided sheet or sometimes a four-page sheet that's laminated. And someone can use that as their like intensive study guide or their cheat sheet. Maybe you're doing you know, homework assignments, you need to remember what was that formula and you go to your spark chart, right? So they make them on all sorts of different topic areas. Well, we decided to start by doing the nutrition one and the weights and measures. So the nutrition one would have like sort of all this really interesting basic nutrition information that you would find if you were taking a basic class on nutrition, a college level class in nutrition. And the same with weights and measures. It would be all the sort of basic weights and measures and conversions between units and so on and so forth. So they're just two topic areas that we've decided to start with. We will be doing later an Algebra 1 and Algebra 2 Spark Chart, I believe. So again, it would be all those most important formulas that you encounter in Algebra 1 and in Algebra 2. So we're going to continue to grow this, not as a program, but as a sort of a subline where we hope to add new Spark charts every publishing season so that there's a wide range of math and science topics covered for people who are either, as you say, curious and like to learn new things or maybe taking courses. And we'll cover a wide range of mostly the sciences through this line of products. I love it because science is so important and it's important to make the sciences as accessible as possible for people so that they really find them to be fun and really enjoyable. I think this would be a really helpful reference tool for making that process easier for people to learn and drill down some of these important concepts. So really love that you guys are going in this direction and doing some of these things. It's really cool. I wonder if I would have actually understood algebra had I had a spark chart. I doubt it, but you never know. It's at least a possibility. Well, you can still buy one now. It's never too late. <laughs> That's true. So in addition to technology, I know you mentioned at the beginning that you have some new boutique products and a new, at least one new kids book, a new board book available. So you want to touch on those really quick? Yeah, sure. So. In terms of boutique products, we often put out a new magnet. So our new magnet is, it says, one loyal friend is worth 10,000 relatives. And isn't that the truth? So, you know, the magnets are print braille magnets. So they're $6 each. They make a great little gift. They're one of our most popular products. And then our new, we have actually two new board books. One is the That's Not My Otter, which is part of that whole That's Not My series. So, you know, we've done That's Not My Pony, That's Not My Monkey, so on and so forth. This one is Otter. And then we have an interesting one called C is for Consent. This was a book that someone actually brought to our attention and suggested that we consider publishing, and we decided to do so. Obviously, the idea is for a young person to become aware of the fact that they get to decide who touches them, right? And this was a parent who has a blind child and wanted to, you know, introduce this concept at an early age, that you don't have to hug someone that you don't want to hug, you don't have to kiss someone that you don't want to kiss, and so on and so forth. And get this idea of like bodily autonomy, because, you know, as you know, unwanted touch and unwanted physical assistance is a real issue within the blind community. So the idea was to start introducing this to children at a young age. You know, there's the issue of, you know, 
you're standing at a stoplight and someone mm-hmm. for some reason makes the assumption that you're unsafe and they walk yeah. up and they grab you. And so this idea of like people literally touching you without your knowledge, awareness, permission, advance notice, requests, so on and so forth, right? So there's so many different approaches to this topic. And this parent really encouraged us to produce this book. And we saw right away the merit of it. And so we did. It's now a board book in print and braille. I think it's tremendous. And I think the sooner kids can become aware of the fact that they have body autonomy and the fact that they can say no, and it's okay to say no, and they can be empowered to say no, and they're not going to be in trouble for it. It's just a very valuable thing. Absolutely. And and it's a universal concept, right? It's yeah. like the dating of the digital age, right? Mm-hmm. We're producing books that anyone would benefit from, right? Blind yeah. or sighted. This, yeah. These are universal concepts, this idea of like body autonomy. So yeah, again, MVP trying to do really innovative things and serving our community as best we can. I was thinking about it a little earlier today, thinking if I had either a young, blind, or sighted child, I would probably get this and the, I think it's called It's Perfectly Normal, kind of as a group set for a kid who's growing up and, you know, making some of these decisions and maybe get C's for consent even earlier than that, but kind of have these as companion pieces. Mm. Yeah, good point. Well, we have packed a whole lot in for you guys to check out. You can always learn more by visiting nbp.org or you can call their customer service number at 1-888-965-8965 and find out more about all these new releases and any other releases that you might want to check out to while away the summer days or learn something new or check out on your commute, however it works for you. Cassell, as always, a pleasure and always fun to learn about what's new with MVP. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this time talking with you, and I look forward to the next time. So do we. Thanks as always. Bye. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this castle interview with Cassell. Yay. We always have fun talking about books. Yes, we like books. We do. So thank you, everybody. Buy yourself some nice MVP books. Yes. And (laughs) see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.